Welcome to We Got Balls, real, raw, masculine sex talk with Chris Inman and Scott Cohn. Chris and Scott both work with men who want to leave their unwanted sexual struggles in the past. They are willing to do whatever it takes to help men get curious about what drives their compulsive sexual behavior. With that said, here we go. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, We're glad to be with everybody on the podcast. Aren't you, Scott? I am very glad to be here, Chris. Thank you for having me again. Well, our, we're we're our, in this together for the long haul, dude. To our podcast. Thank you for inviting me to our podcast today. I said, no, being with everybody else is what I'm saying. Because oh, oh, we all are right. all we're here. We're doing this project. We've just gotten some great feedback in the last few days about what we're doing and just really excited about where this is going. And today we have a sexy topic. As if we don't ever have a sexy topic, right? I mean, all of our topics are sexy. But we're gonna be talking about MILFs. And uh, a MILF, if you've been buried somewhere in a backyard and have no idea, is moms I'd like to F. And we're not going to, you know, be explicit about all that. But I'm a history guy. If you know me, if you know me, I love to trace back the roots of stuff. And the history of this term actually occurred mostly in my lifetime. Probably all of it's probably in your lifetime, right, Scott? The, the graduate is kind of where it all began. Did you ever have any exposure to the graduate when you were really young? Oh yeah, and and in fact, I think the first movie that I saw that featured this theme of kind of the older woman seducing the younger guy was yeah. the summer of '42 or something. I, I okay. forget what exactly it was called, but I, I remember it distinctly because I found it to be really arousing, and I it was this really beautiful. Um, she had been a model, Jennifer. I, I, we got to find the name, but she this was her first acting gig and so she played this woman whose husband had died in world war ii and this young guy who was a teenager ends up becoming her lover and i remember that one of the scenes that's the most distinct is this guy like he's a high school senior or whatever and he goes to try to buy a condom for the first time at the drugstore and how he (laughs) you know and i was watching that probably when i was 10 years old now that i think about that the summer of 42 and it had a theme song and it was very romantic and it's a trope. Like this is seen, and we kind of touched on this uh, in one of our earlier episodes, but well, actually let me just go into this now about male sexual abuse because male sexual abuse is much more common than people realize. Um, the statistics that are published I've seen or one out of every six men is sexually abused before their 18th birthday. I think in reality, mm. and most clinicians and most therapists would agree that it's probably much higher than that. And there's a number of reasons for that, mainly because there's so much shame that men feel in sexual abuse. Um, it's uniquely shameful to men. It's damaging to everybody, but it's uniquely shameful yeah. for men because the majority of men are sexually abused by other men frankly. Yeah. And most of the time, those men are either relatives or there's somebody that the victim knows really well. And so it puts them in a really tremendous bind of, I can't report this because this is somebody in my family. It's somebody I care about. It's a coach. It's a Bible study teacher, so on and so forth. But, you know, in general, um, women do sexually abuse men. It's, It's much smaller in percentage compared to the number of men that sexually abuse men. But it's minimized and dismissed 
in the culture by and large because it's seen as, well, the woman's doing the boy a favor, right? So you've got this yes. teenage boy and hot mom down the street seduces him. And it's the, the tropes in the Hollywood movies. And Hollywood loves to pound this drum about this is an initiation rite for a young man, you know, to have an so older this, woman come on to him. Yeah. So this gets into my genre in the 90s with American Pie. Because just like all the TNA movies of 80s and 90s, the whole, the, exactly what you said, the goal for a man is to lose his virginity, to have a sexual experience. And what American Pie introduced, as well as which the theme of the movie was, we're all going to have sex before we graduate, was there was one character who was targeting a mom. Stifler's mom was the MILF in American Pie. And so you have this whole narrative and they start chanting and using that, that language. And that language was, was kind of around, floating around the 90s, but it really became like forefront of the culture, so much so that there was not only uh, this idea of that kind of older woman concept on places like MTV and VH1, there was a song called Stacy's Mom by um, Fountains of Wayne, which was a huge hit back when videos were actually music videos instead of <laughs> YouTube videos. You know, back before when you had a channel, you go clue to that. But wait, wait, all, when all these MTV young actually had music on it. <laughs> you got it. We're, we're dating ourselves, so we need to shut up. We're ancient. So, um, yeah, but that's this idea is this was like a, a, this was a viral video really is what it was, was of this song of a, of a voluptuous, and I forget which supermodel, it was one of the supermodels back in the, early 2000s who was playing this Christy, mom character christy brinkley uh i don't know we'll we'll do the research and 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 include the guys if you guys can figure that out put it uh in our in our notes on the youtube channel or uh on any of the podcast platforms yeah so, we got balls, uh, we got balls t-shirt is coming your way if you can answer that question you got it drop those balls that's what we're doing that's the slogan so but that's that's uh that's this idea of this this older woman who is seducing the younger man, and it's not abusive in culture. It's actually fetishized. It's actually seen as something that is uh, desirable. I mean, case in point, and we've talked about this before, Saturday Night Live sketches, specifically, specifically the one with Pete Davidson where he's having sex with the teacher. Of course, that goes back to an old... Uh, Van Halen song in the in the eighties, hot for teacher, but it's this idea that I get to bring into my sexual fantasy, into my arousal template, this confident, mature, older woman who can be a guide to me, who can show me things, who can teach me things, but that's not considered abusive. And I think to your point, it absolutely has an abusive element. Anytime an older person, especially is engaging with someone who's a minor, who's under the age of 18 and not able to consent. And I think we want to cover that basis. We are against in any way, shape or form, any type of sexual exposure to someone who is not able to say, I'm a willing participant in this, um, that, that we have to engage this idea of what is this fantasy of the older, more mature woman who comes to be with me, teach me, eroticize me, arouse me, uh, you know, bring me to climax. Why are so many guys fascinated with this and they fantasize about that? So 
yeah, and to, to that point, let's look at because we've been talking about Pornhub 2022 year in review, and I just want to give you the the most searched for terms of the year. Now, these are not the videos, but there is a correlation between people what people are searching for and what they're actually viewing. So the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh most searched for term is stepmom, which is a version of yes. MILF that incorporates incest as a theme. And then, um, oh, the number three term is MILF itself. I just skipped over yeah. that. So this is an extremely popular category of porn when you consider that both MILF and um, stepmom are in the top 10 most searched for terms annually on uh, Pornhub is, is in terms of last year for videos that people are looking for. So what's really going on there? Because there's a number of different dynamics in there. So you mentioned some of those. Um, one is it's this theme of initiation, right? It, mm -hmm. So culturally, when does a man become a man? What do we believe culturally yes. about that? When he has sex. I mean, I think, yeah, practically it's these mile markers. The, the, the one of, of, of sex is kind of like the crossing over in Western culture. You know, I mean, yeah, graduating from school and being in a relationship, sure. But I think, and, and again, we're talking about this from a place of the core identity of who I am as a person. I think that intimate connection, having sex, really is the defining characteristic in our culture. It is. And, you know, it's been that way probably for about 50, maybe 60 years. But traditionally in human history, um, that wasn't the marker for when a boy becomes a man. And yeah. that whole transition was mediated by the men in the society. So you think about Jewish males, for example. A Jewish male goes through an initiation rite called a bar mitzvah when they're 13, when they start entering puberty, traditionally. And they're welcomed into the community of, of adults by men who recognize their masculinity. And what is it that makes them a man? It's the bar mitzvah, the, the son of righteousness. They, they can interpret the scriptures properly. They've memorized the Torah, and now they are a full-fledged member of the community. And so there were always kind of markers in multiple cultures throughout history on what that transition from boyhood to manhood meant. And in the Western world, we've kind of disposed with that and replaced it with the idea of, well, when you can have sex, that's when you become a man. So if you go through puberty at 13 or 12 years old, which is kind of the average age for puberty now, you can have sex then. Does that make you a man? And for what we know from an interpersonal neurobiology standpoint is the human brain is not formed as an adult brain until the third decade of our lives. We're not capable of making adult decisions until you're in your 30s, early 30s. So, so Scott, is 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 that why, as a as a younger man, I'm looking for a guide. I'm looking for an older woman, maybe, to shepherd me into masculinity. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I think it. it so what, what's happened is men who were traditionally the ones who shepherded a boy into manhood, that's now been mm. replaced in the fatherless wow. America because we have a fatherless America is what we have. Yeah. So yeah. boys grow up without their dads. So who is now initiating them into manhood? It's a woman. It's an older woman. Yeah. So the out, what's happened is masculine transition has been outsourced to females, which I think is horrendously damaging to the culture overall. Because yeah. 
masculinity, in my view, is developed in a fraternity. It's when other men recognize your gifts, your calling, what you're good at. And they say, you're really good at that, man. You really have, and you join in that sense of competitiveness. You know, men bond differently than women. Men bond through vasopressin. So men bond by doing stuff with other men that's a little competitive. It's got some challenge to it. And at the end of the activity we're doing, we high five one another. And that releases a lot of vasopressin. It, it makes me believe I can do stuff. I, I belong with other guys. I can do hard stuff. We don't have that in the culture now. You just go take your clothes off and have sex with somebody. And that's what these fantasies are tapping into is this outsourcing of masculinity to the female and helping me view myself as a man because of that. So that's one kind of sub theme, I think, that's that's cultural in nature, which is, again, when we talk about how our sexual arousal develops, it's not just in our families. It's not just the things that we do. It's the messages that are sent to us a lot of the times very subtly and, and not overtly through the culture itself. So we started off this episode talking about movies that impacted your and my life. Mrs. You know, mm -hmm. The Graduate. The Graduate is yep. that yep. classic Hollywood tale of, yep. you know, the, the college age guy that's seduced by the cougar mom. And, yep. you know, it was an extremely influential and popular movie the summer of 42, and this has gone on and on and on throughout television and movies. And it's a major theme in pornography as well. So it's jammed at you through kind of uh, typical media. And then it's jammed at you through the pornographic side of, of culture. And it's tapping into a deep part of our psyche, which, which is as a younger male, you want to be initiated. You want to be taught yeah, how to so, have sex. So let's let's talk about that because I think when you mentioned, you know, my dad wasn't there, I think in my story, and I think really in both of our stories, my dad was there physically. My dad was a provider. My dad showed up. I mean, my parents were divorced when I was older, but my dad showed up and, and was there for the visits and he showed up at the, at the sporting events and he coached the teams that he could coach. And there was, there was a physical presence of masculinity there. But for me, the, the, the appeal of a woman to teach me what it means to be a man was a lack of emotional presence, a lack of emotional attunement. And I think what you're talking about in that initiation, that, that connection is not only are you with other guys, and yes, you can be doing adventurous things and, and be competitive, and that's not necessarily the case in every circumstance, but what is what is absolutely required, isn't it, is to have a male presence who is attuning, is seeing uh, me as a younger boy, seeing uh, seeing my heart, and shepherding me into what it means to do the hard things in life with that community surrounding me. Isn't that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, and so in the absence of that, it creates a lot of emotional. Like if you don't have a dad that's present either emotionally or physically present to show you how to do that, what's going to fill that vacuum? It's going to be something that's intense, that's kind of yes. immediate, um, that gives you a lot of pleasure because it creates a lot of confusion and pain in a young guy's life when he isn't brought into that. And so pornography, again, is a great teacher. If you're not going to teach your children 
about sexuality and how to be a man or how to be a, a woman, pornography will teach you. It's happy to teach you. It's all going to be sexualized, though. And that's where yeah. this particular theme becomes really popular is just the legions of young people. Again, the average age of exposure to porn is now eight years of age. That's mm -hmm. a couple years before puberty. And it starts to groom the kids to start to expect certain things from their pornographic experience. And one of those things that it's, I think it's grooming them to expect is for the older woman to be the seductress and to be the guide into how you actually have sex. So that's why these both stepmom and MILF themes are very um, highly sought after. And they play this role of in the fantasy kind of template of helping you imagine what it would be like to have an older woman care for you, mm. which may be speaking to some mother wounds, right? Sure. The sure. nurture, sure. the care, yep. the tenderness, but also yep. it's addressing a father wound of not having a dad there to show me how to be a man. And yep. these women, typically in the video, the scenario goes like this. The older woman is playful or she's very seductive and she goes right after the younger guy. And man, that taps into that sense of, I wanna be desired, I wanna be pursued, and I wanna know how to do this basic function of having sex, which is kind of core to what it means to be a man in our view. Well, and, and, and a lot of those videos, sad to say that I know this, but I do, start out with a young man masturbating. And he's caught in the act by the older woman. Oh yeah, that's and you know, yeah. So there's there's that shame that's that's baked in, and so rather you know a guy catch another guy doing that would be like you know either hey man what are you doing or oh I'll give you your space, um, you know or let me join in. But <laughs> or, or, or let's that that that's another another genre. We'll get to that that <laughs> podcast coming soon. <laughs> to we got balls near you. Um, so that's that's this idea of you, you know, you have this baked in shame, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, but then rather than scolding or rather than shaming, she comes in and gets curious. She's a little bit compassionate and kind, but then almost immediately she strips her clothes off and starts to please and pleasure the young boy. So there's that there, there's that perfect fit into the the addiction cycle that that shame fantasy ritual acting out cycle, which is I go right from shame to yes, this is what I, I was I was thinking about a woman seeing me and coming to me and and pleasuring me. And here it is. And so it's just it's like it's like a black hole, dude. It just sucks people in to all of these emotional components that you want to connect with all in one scenario, right? Right. And let's remember that. 95% of our mental activity is operating below the radar of conscious awareness. So, yep. you know, our conscious lives are like the tip of the iceberg that sits above the waterline and below it is all of this other emotional and relational dynamic that we don't even think about unless we take time right. to sit back and go, why is that so arousing to me? And yet yeah. it fills those vacuums that might exist in our home relationships. So a lot of this goes back to what was my relationship with my mom growing up? Did I feel like she was attentive to me? 
Did I feel like she was caring and nurturing or did I feel like she was aloof and hostile or uh, just disengaged and kind of doing her own thing or strict? And so much of what we look for in our fantasy lives, as we we're going to continue to stress over and over again, we fantasize about the opposite of what we've been experiencing in our reality. That's just the Mm. nature of fantasy. It helps us imagine a different world where things don't go quite as painfully, emotionally, disruptively as we've experienced. And this fantasy about MILFs and stepmoms um, is tapping right into that brokenness that I might feel in my relationship with my mom. If I grow up with a really nervous mom or really anxious mom, or I have to kind of attend to my mom's emotional needs because I happen to be closer to her than uh, my dad is, then I become her surrogate husband, right? We call that enmeshment or triangulation. And it's a form of almost emotional incest with you, if you will. So when I see, when I'm working with a guy, maybe you can relate to this too, is if I'm working with a guy and I see kind of the incest, the stepmom theme showing up in his porn searches and his porn usage, I get really curious about Tell me more about what your relationship with your mother was like, because I think the MILF and the stepmom genre is tapping into a brokenness that young guys grow up with in relationship to their mothers in some way. So it's a it's a mommy issue, right? I I think it can be. And and I want to make this point and we'll come back to this a, a, a number of times. I know it's also not literally I want to have sex with my mom. No, not literally. No. And and it, but it, it is symbolic of a desire for nurture, but it's also learning to, as porn teaches us so well, to objectify people and situations to soothe that wounded part of our hearts. Yeah, because, so you're using intense and immediate pleasure to escape the emotional pain of having a distant, aloof mom. And yeah. now I'm imagining or, or an emotionally distant dad, whichever. Yeah, you know. And so I imagine a scenario where not only is my mom nurturing and caring, but she wants to introduce me to sexuality. And and I'm watching this incredible experience of merging and bonding. And, you know, again, at the heart of it, what is sex all about? It's not just about sticking part A into part B. It's about the sense of I'm connected. I can merge with that other person. I belong. I'm pursued. I'm wanted. And so so often then when we have really deep wounds around that with our mothers and fathers it ends up showing up in our sexual fantasies as a way to try to yes bring some sense of relief and escape from that so yeah it's not well and i'm really into incest but there's a lot of shame around that right so yeah i don't want to i don't want to tell anybody that i'm watching stepmom porn because that's really perverted well, and I think it is it is just like everything else that we're doing. It's becoming less and less so. It's it's this it's this um degradation, this you know, bringing everything down to the base level of yeah, I want to have sex with older women. I like cougars. I you know, and it's it's this like this internal identification with what we went back to earlier in the discussion, which is sex is the thing that defines me. If sex defines me and I can have sex with an older woman and she can be my guide and my nurturer, so be it. And it's, it's, it's moving away from 
what you just said, which is I want to have connection, and I'll add another word to that, mutual connection. It's not just a sexual experience. It's I want to be with someone. I want to be with a partner. I want to be with someone who's like me and cares for me and sees me over the long term. And yes, sexual connection is part of that, but ultimately that that withness, that partnership, that is that is what I'm really longing for as a human being. Because frankly, and if you're a young guy, uh, trigger warning, sex doesn't last forever. Bodies change, arousal changes, energy changes, physical ability changes. The, the, what you think of as sexual intercourse as being sex and sex acts, you get into your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and that is a harder and harder thing as you get older to deal with. So if you're young and you're 20, and I, I, I need to get the most I can right now, there is this lust, and I don't mean that in like a, a moral sense. There's just, I got to get it as much as I can. And it feels like in this particular category, this is a very lusty category. Yes, there's a woman. She's older. Ah, yeah, she's maybe my stepmom, eh, but I'll go for it. To hell with the consequences. So there's a there's an important thing that we haven't really said it. I'm just going to name it. But the power dynamic is really strong in this particular category yes. of porn because the woman has power over the younger man. She seduces him. Yep. She teaches yep. him how to have sex. She teaches him how to be better at sex. But the other the other aspect of this is, um, and this is maybe kind of looking at it from the female perspective, there are, there are cougars, there are women that seek younger yeah. men to have sex with. What is the dynamic that's involved there? Well, an older woman who wants to have sex with a younger man is not really interested in a relationship. She just wants the no. sex. And the yes. younger men know this. They're not looking to have a relationship with a, a woman that's their mother's age or their grandmother's yeah. age. And by the way, gilf, grannies I'd like yeah, to have, no is a popular genre as well. You'd think, ooh, that's gross, but there's some beautiful older women and it's tapping into this vein of, I can be sexual with that woman, but I don't ever have yep. to have a relationship. So you talk about objectifying the relationship, it completely puts it in that vein of, hey, this is a chance for me to experiment, to get really good at sex with an older experienced woman who can tutor me and train me. And then I can go, yeah. You know, for my part, for somebody I really want to have sex with, I'm going to go for the nubile, vivacious, fairly legal <laughs> types. Yeah, so you it's the other end of the spectrum. You know, I've, I've gone from the experienced, and really, I think American Pie is the perfect package of that, is on one end, you've got the experienced teacher, and on the other end, you've got the innocent, you know, you're the one that has the power dynamic over the younger female, and so now you get to experience the other end of that. Yep. So I think what what we've done is we've opened up a can of worms, as we always do. I mean, heck, what have you come to expect from these conversations? If you're listening and you're like, what the hell? Exactly. Exactly. That's why we're talking about it, because there's so many pieces from sexual abuse to power dynamics to arousal template to uh, mother issues, father issues. It's all in the stew, right? It's all in the question mark of what is this bringing up for you? And what we're saying in that, Chris, is it's it's really complex. It's not a simple, no. there is no silver bullet to decoding these. You have to really get into what are the visual sexual cues? What are the psychological dynamics of, involved that makes that arousing? And what are the parts of my own narrative, my own experience 
with other people and in my family dynamics and with sexual abuse and yep. my developing sexuality yep. that all mix together to create this cocktail we call arousal. Yep. And so we want to keep pursuing that. So we hope you'll join us again for another conversation and um, look below in the notes or check the uh, end credits for how to reach out to us and connect. We are excited to continue to have these conversations with you and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Scott. Bye, Chris. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. You can connect with Chris at pornfreemasculinity.com and with Scott at successfulmen.com.